Welcome to Less Rage Cougs presented by the Lazarine Law Firm. I am KG Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Ball Review. Joining me shortly, momentarily, will be Dayon Dunlap. And then in a few minutes after that, after post game, Andy Yanez will be joining me to discuss the Cougs 38-7 win over Sam Houston. When Andy joins, he will be he was correct. This was a get-right game for the Cougs. Beyond that, I, I'm not. Sh- I'm kind of curious what the fans think about the game. The Cougs won. Sam Houston looks like an FCS team in their first year on the FBS level. It, it, talent levels that's just not there. Their offense is just not there. I mean, that first drive that Sam Houston had had some doubts. Like, oh no, here the Cougs go again. Went up seven nothing, and then the Cougs scored. The remaining 38 points and did it pretty easily. Penalties were a problem. Donovan Smith put up some good numbers, solid. Parker Jenkins, three rushing touchdowns. Saw some good things. Saw some things. Eh. A lot of penalties. Offensive line, right side, had its moments of like, oh my gosh, what is this? Just give me your thoughts on it. Sam Houston for FBS. They have ways to go. They're no longer on on the FCS level. They were great on the FCS level. They're not even good on the FBS level. And makes me wonder what they did really against BYU in their first game of the season to hold BYU to 14 points. But Corey Miller, thank you very much. And notice we got new sponsors for Less Rage Cougs, the Lazarine Law Firm. And then, of course, as well as usual, Star Pizza and Sack Av. Thank you to them our two secondary sponsors, but fans, give me your thoughts. Give me your comments. what do you think? The announced attendance. And let me say that one more time. The announced attendance was 35,004. Yes, you heard me. 30, excuse me, 44, 35,044. 35,044. So that's how many tickets were sold was not nearly that many people inside the stadium sitting down in their chairs or bleachers. But 35,044 is the announced attendance for tonight's Cougs 38-7 win over Sam Houston. And as I said, the numbers, like Donovan Smith put up numbers. Just give me your thoughts on it. Donovan Smith, 31 for 40. 294 passing yards. We saw moved up to second string. Uwe Ale is now the second string quarterback. Came in late third quarter, involved in a flea flicker. His pass was almost picked off. It was picked off and then it was dropped. And then the fourth quarter, he threw a, a, a laser to Stacey Sneed, who took it the rest of the way for a 58 yard touchdown pass. Like I said, Parker Jenkins, 20 carries, 105. Three touchdowns. Matthew Golden, nine catches for 92 yards. Stacey Sneed, three catches for 65 yards and one TD. So spread it around. What are your thoughts? I'm, it's a win. And let me be clear on that. It's a win. We've lost two in a row. And looked bad last Saturday against TCU. Looked over overmatched, really, at some parts of that game against TCU. Beating Sam Houston was a bounce back. I'm not sure it was anything beyond that. Sam Houston's offense, we see why they've only averaged, came came into the game averaging 1.5 points per game. 
yeah, that their offense still has ways to go. New quarterback, too. Wasn't impressed with him very much. Their O-line is a work in progress. Sam Houston, 25 carries for 63 yards on the ground, a net of 52. It's just nothing great. Passing 15 for 23 for only a buck 26. You get the idea. Cougs won the game, did what they're supposed to do. That's really all I can say. They won't do what they're supposed to do, basically. Take the W and move on. <laughs> right, Deion? Just take the W and move on. Yeah, I mean, you pretty much just said it right, Chris. Just take the W and move on. Like you said, you looked, I mean, like you were supposed to look in regards to winning the, the game in the fashion that you did. Defense outside of their first drive, stepped up, played well, but I think the um, Parking Jenkins had his coming out party. I think that's a highlight. But can you sustain that run game going forward in Big 12 play? Probably one of the biggest questions. Agreed. <laughs> and see, that that's where I am with with, with this game <clears throat> because of the opponent, Sam Houston, coming from FCS to FBS first year in the FBS first year in Conference USA. I'm kind of curious to see if the Coos can carry this forward in Lubbock next Saturday against Texas Tech. You know, a Big 12 team. We'll see. If This game, if it would have been the third game of the season, rather than already Coos already played one game in the Big 12, kind of the scheduling is kind of strange to me, but they're 2-2, two two, going to Lubbock. 2.30 tip-off, kickoff, excuse me, kickoff next Saturday in Lubbock. The network will be announced probably on Monday, Monday or Tuesday. And we'll see what the Cougs can do. Texas Tech lost at West Virginia today. So they're having their issues. We'll see. And Texas Tech is a team at home that played an Oregon team really well. And so it'll be interesting to see how Houston travels and can they sustain really any offense against um, Big 12 defense. Donovan Smith, he he looked he, – and, and throughout the, the season, when he's, his receivers haven't dropped the ball and he's had time, he's been accurate passing the ball. Now it's just sustaining that and sustaining drives. But, I mean, you look like the way you looked against tonight. There's really not much to take. Like, uh, we, we got what we expect. You got a dominating win. And now can you do it on against a Big 12 opponent? That's basically it. And we had, we weren't the only people to have questions, concerns about which Cougs team would we would see tonight. The Cougs won. They were the better team, better talent. I'm not sure how much coaching was great play calling. Good to see Parker Tings get a start. <laughs> That's good. And he should be the starter going forward. But beyond that, as Frank says, is lots of screens, one-on-one matchups. I met you know Sam Houston. They were outmatched on almost every position. Oh, I mean, I, I, I think I think it was a good job exploiting matchups, getting so yeah, Matthew Golden in favorable matchups like you did with Tank, like you did last year with Tank Dell and Speedy Stevenson, and even Matt receivers that he had throughout his entire career in regards to that focusing. So I like the way he called the game and offense. I think it's something they can continue to do, look to do that. Get him maximum touch. I want Sam Brown to have a little bit more touches to him and Matthew Golden and kind of have the share the load and see if you can sustain that running game with Parker Jenkins. 
the defense hasn't. I mean, they've gave up some yards and they gave up some points here and there, but it's about just getting that offense jump started, getting that identity, and see if they can do it against a Big Twelve opponent. Really, I mean, I know we keep, I keep saying that, but that's the question. I mean, that is the question. This game, in one sense, it was a check game for Sam Houston. It was a a confidence booster for Houston. The broadcast and crew t- toward the end of the game mentioned that, and I hope Andrew or someone gets a point gets a chance to ask Coach Holgerson about this. But I guess during the week, apparently during the week, they were like at maybe at Coach Hogue's house or one of the coaches' houses, and Coach Grill some some uh, uh, sliders or whatever. I'm like, Coach can Coach can cook. <laughs> I'm surprised at that, but just some some things to get with the team, relax some unity, some bonding with teammates, and refocus. It works. But more than that, it just maybe this game would be a confidence boost and we'll see if they can build on it next Saturday against the Red Raiders in Lubbock. Beyond that, I don't know what else to say, take from this game, really. Uyale, he looked good. He's kind of a shorter quarterback. Could be promising for the future. You know, it's a good Sam Houston, man. That's really yeah. That's it. It's a good Sam Houston. He, like you, I mean, like we keep saying, it's really not much that we can take away from. I mean, you did what you're supposed to. Now it's about can you do it against a Big Twelve opponent? And I think this could help confidence. Could help. I think it could, though. But I think that is a good point. Let's hear from Coach Hogerson post game. But I was just listening to you. Earlier in the week, uh, asking about changes, and I don't I don't read the paper anymore. But uh, uh, so I just figured I'd do that for you, Peggy. Uh, Appreciate that. Yeah, changes. Um, yeah, I mean he's a good player. Uh, he'd shown flashes of that, and then just through the natural progression of being a true freshman, you got to see how he does in games, right? A couple of times and. It took us a couple of games to figure out that he was ready, and yeah, looks pretty ready to me. Uh, he's got a chance to be a special player, you know. So, you know, first hundred, first start, first hundred yard game. I think we'll be seeing a lot of that around here at Parker Jenkins. Uh, Dana, over the starting last week and then uh, this week, it seems like you guys are. Um, focusing more when it comes to like short passes. Uh, I don't know if they could necessarily be screens, but like Donovan will turn, throw a quick pass, and then you guys are blocking. Has that been a, a focal point since last week? Yeah, it's just part of our offense. You know, it's uh, it, you know, we're we're not like 100% RPO driven like some teams are. We run it, run it, run it, and then slants and screens and stuff like that. But we're getting creative with motions and you know, creating leverages. This is. This is a Yvonne Nagabi thing, you know, that he has background and history on. Obviously, we've been motioning for years and stuff like that, but just being able to split the defense and, 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 and stretch the field in the run game and then be able to throw RPOs and stuff like that on the perimeter. I thought one of the keys of the game was perimeter blocking, you know, receiver perimeter blocking, Matt Golden, Sam Brown, uh, Joseph Manjack, uh, Josh Cobbs, uh, the tight ends, uh, I thought they did a phenomenal job of blocking on the perimeter. Um, you know, I mean, that's just, but that's not our only way of throwing the football, okay? So it's just, it's a, it's a piece to it. Um, 
thought the run game looked better. Uh, you guys have been here, we talk about it all, you know, all uh, all week. Uh, we challenged those guys. I think those guys up front uh, took a step in the right direction, you know, and, and the five starters did good, but the backups got valuable experience. Um, you know, uh, we evaluated, so I kept running run plays at the end because I want to look and see what that looks like, you know, because those, those backups all need to continue to uh, get better and and help us down the road. Dana, Parker's ability to break tackles and you know carry guys along at times. I mean, how big is that? I mean, did you when did you first see that? You know, from him last week <laughs> uh, in kickoff return. Uh, you know, when uh, when Matt got that big one. You know, obviously teams are going to kick it away from Matt, so. He had two opportunities to catch it, and you saw it then. You know, like after the contact, just keeping his feet going. He's a he's a he's a combination of of, of strength, pad level, and speed. I mean, he ran a 10, 3, 10, 4, 100 when he was at Klein Forest. I mean, they had a state champion four by one team, and he was on it. But uh, he can run, but he's powerful, and he plays low to the ground. So, you know. I think we had two turnovers and we didn't get points on either one of them. That that's something that I've been focusing on. Scoring touchdowns in the red zone, our first drive, we go down there and we couldn't we couldn't punch it in. Uh, playing complimentary football when defense gets turnovers, offense needs to go out there and do something and we're over two tonight. So we will continue to work on that. Now as far as the actual drive, I thought we managed it just fine. And everybody's gonna be pissed because we didn't get points right there, including me. We worked at all the time. Donovan's got to own that. We worked at every Thursday. It's one shot. You got seven seconds. We got no timeouts. You got one shot. One look, one shot. You either throw it at him or you throw it over his head and then we kick the field goal. Okay, so uh, he made a mistake, you know, but that's something that we've practiced and if we're ever in that situation, then we will hope to. I'm glad this one didn't get us. Uh, we will learn from that um, and, and reemphasize that. Should have got three points right there. He didn't have his one shot. He should have threw it over his head. Kick the field goal and get three points, and that helps our team. Coach, on punt returns this season, um, not only game by game, but also in game, you've been using several different returners. Is that more experimentation? Those roughly four minutes, about five minutes from Coach Hogerson. What are your thoughts on what he said? We got comments here. Michael Jones, the reality, this is, I think, I, I agree with this. The reality is this was the first and probably only team we had a size advantage on the line. What right. What do you say about that? I mean, that's, yeah, true. And the offensive line and defensive line look how they should have looked against that type of opponent, just moving up to a, a bigger conference. And so, that, I mean, that's that's true. One thing I like, uh, I don't want to say I like, but what Hogerson talked about that stood out to me is playing complimentary football. That's really what it's about. Defense stops them, you, you turn it into points. So they call the turnover, you turn it into points. It's just complementing each other. And regardless of the level, you, I mean, you don't really hit the wheel. That's with it. And it's really been about the offense being more consistent. They was able to do that tonight. But you just can't sustain that and do that against a higher level of football, better competition. I mean, you could say really what, he's, what he should have said after this game. Yeah, you know, the Cougs had 11 penalties for 95 yards, one of them erased a pick six from Isaiah Hamilton. So so that was a problem. The penalties were a problem. The Cougs were the better team. They won. They have to get better. Colt Hogerson, I agree with what he said. 
that uh, final play in the second quarter before halftime, seven seconds left. Donovan Smith took too much time. He scrambled around instead of just throwing the ball out of bounds, leaving some time left on the clock for the field goal. That's what he should have done. He didn't do that. And that, hopefully he learns from that. This this game is just a game to, to win. Snap a losing streak, get the bad taste out of your mouth, get some confidence going forward. Texas Tech quarterback Tyler's supposed apparently out for the season. Always carted off the field in the first quarter with an injury. Early reports mentioned it during the game as well. Cool game that he's going to miss the rest of the season. Tough break for him. So the Cougs, it's a road game in the Big 12, so no way in the world am I picking the Cougs to win in Lubbock next Saturday. 2.30 kickoff. But I'm glad to say tonight is the first of the rest of the season. Sponsored, Let's Rate Cougs show, sponsored by the Lazarine Law Firm. Dan Lazarine founded the Lazarine Law Firm to provide legal representation to individuals who have been injured or arrested in the greater Houston area. Dan Lazarine understands that bad things sometimes happen to good people. Worse, false allegations are made every day. With offices in Houston and Sugar Land, Dan is equipped to handle your legal needs in Harris County and surrounding counties, including Fort Bend County. If you have been injured or find yourself in other legal trouble, call the Lazarine Law Firm at 281-720-8551. One more time, 281-720-8551. Or visit Dan online at www.lazarinelawfirm.com. www.lazarinelawfirm.com for a consultation. I like saying that. He's got another sponsor. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Dan, you ready, my man? Coming back to you. Want to get that live read in there? All right. Demerick is consistent. <laughs> Fire Dana. And then he says, oh, by the way, go Cougs. Uh, I think I think Parker's going to be, Parker Jenkins will be the starting running back rest of the season. As long as he's healthy, he should be the, get the start, get that nod. 105 yards. This evening, three rushing touchdowns. He got it done. Most of his carries, he fell forward. He didn't have a very many carries for negative y- yards. That's what you want from a running back. He's strong. He's fast. He's got. He's shifty. He's got a bright future. Kuz continue to get to that, improve that offensive line. Add to it, but it's tough. <clears throat> and most of the fans agree with it as well that tonight was against Sam Houston. You know, it what <laughs> much it's a win. That's really the the takeaway from this game. Gonna bring Dayon back in. See if he's ready to uh, add his two cents. And, and Andy will probably have some more video from post-game momentarily and then join us from the field at TDECU Stadium. And we're going to continue talking with you guys, the fans, the Coop fans. After tonight's win, 38-7 over Sam Houston in front of an announced crowd of 35,044. 35,044. That's what the announced crowd was. Didn't see that whatsoever. But 35,044. 
44 is Andy is walking to the field now. So he'll be joining us and we'll have all three of us on the screen. Going to bring in Dayon again. What else to say, man? It was a win. Sam Houston is, was overmatched, but it was a win. Much better than a loss. Uh-oh. And can you hear me? Just pass the spot. All right. Dan's having some issues there. So we're having some technical difficulties right there with Dayon. So, all right. And let's see. Frank with a good comment here. Love the second effort by Parker Jenkins. Looked like he was down from the stands and bounced outside. He has seemed to have that knack. So that's a, that's a positive. Freshman running back, bright future. <clears throat> Four-star. So that's a positive. You know, yes, he has some family ties here in Houston. Hey, whatever it takes to get the Cougs' talent level to increase and continue to get better, we're here. We're all for it. Oh, God. We got a speaking speaking of Parker Jenkins. Let's hear from the star freshman running back after his 105 yards, 3 TD performance. So we, I found out earlier this week with the reps, we found out about reps. If we uh, get more reps than someone there, we typically know that we're starting a game. And going into the game, it's just, just got to have a calm mind and know that you have the ability to do what you got to do. When you see them wanting to, you know, that's what Coach James and Coach Holtz, we've all said in the last few weeks, they want to get you more involved with this on returns in the backfield. As a true freshman, what goes through your mind that, you know, that suddenly, you know, you're you're in a bigger role than, and you, you know, we talk about it in the summer, but just sort of taking that and, and running with it. I think it's more of a mental thing. You have to get yourself mentally prepared, and I think I've done a, a good job with that, just getting myself mentally prepared for that. And when you get into those games, you just have to stay mentally locked in and the physical will take care of itself. Parker, I'm going to get you just a touch closer to mind as well. All set. Cool. Yep. yep. Coach Wilson said earlier in his press conference that he expects to see a lot more games like that from you. Have you felt that sort of confidence from him in you and your abilities? Yeah, I have. We've uh, been talking a lot more recently, and he's just telling me to keep doing what I'm doing. And just like I said, on the mentality part, is I have to just stay level-headed and just keep doing what I'm going to do. Uh, Parker, can you take me back to the first touchdown? Uh, you ended up scoring three in the first half. That first one specifically, first ever, the college level was a life goal on your mind. The crazy thing is the crowd took my mind, literally. I'm looking at the crowd, everybody's jumping up, screaming. It's, it's a good feeling. You know, whether you're winning or losing, just getting the end zone is a blessing for anybody. So especially for me, for again, my first one, hopefully first for many, it's just a blessing. People knew about your speed coming in, but that ability to break tackles, drag guys along, I mean, how, where does that come from? How, how important is that, is that as a back? It's, I think it's really important because if you have speed and you're not able to make like make those guys miss once you get close to them or not be able to, like you said, bring them along with you, then I don't think there's really a plus to it because you have to have other tools in your back rather than just one thing. Is that toughness or what does that come down to? I think it's toughness and determination. Like the determination, like you're not gonna beat me down right here. And the toughness to say, and the toughness and the mentality to say, okay, it's me and you. I know I'm better. Just go get it. 
it was you had some really good physicality out there. I thought you did a tremendous job of that. So can you just tell me that I guess the kind of mindset that you have going in, and I guess the kind of running back that you are, and what do you think you bring to the team? Um, like he like he mentioned uh, the speed part and the speed and the physical like uh, um, not too stocky but I can move you know make guys miss bring them along with me drop people if I have to. Um, what can you repeat the first part of the question? Just um, just the kind of running back that you're. What do you think you bring to the team that um, I think I bring that. Maturity. I'm not the guy to just go around. I stay in my own lane and do what I have to do for the team. I'm a big role guy. You know, if I, these past weeks I've been sitting in the bank. I've been out and I've been accepting that, but then I also know that I am a freshman. I have to develop into those roles. And you never know when your time is going to come. You just got to take it when you sit there. That sort of lead to what I was about to ask you. Just going into camp as a freshman, did you sort of have to maybe stay in the stay in the corner a little bit and, and, and right. let things happen instead of just coming in, you know, just right. trying to be the guy immediately? Right, because they know what you can do or you wouldn't be here. But you have those others like Stacy, DC, and with um, Tony coming in. You have those guys who have experience and they trust those guys because you have to you have to learn how to handle that. You can't just be thrown in a fire and be expected to. Yes, she'll go back and look at the film. Did it feel like about nine guys were trying to stop? There was one play where I think they had nine defenders all on you. Yeah, I, I was in the middle and I was like, did he blow the whistle? But I, but I, kept, I felt everybody kept pushing. I was like, okay, I guess he didn't. So I just kept going and it was, it was crazy. And when I finally went down, it was just a crazy feeling. Uh, Parker, just again, in terms of uh, leading up to the week, like you said, once you got started, when you personally start to see the reps that, yeah, I'm probably going to be the starter, uh, what was the message from some of the other running backs in the group um, leading into the week? Uh, Tony was a, a big part. He was like, he, he told me that I was a starter, and he was like, and I took that personally. I knew I had to take a different role rather than just sitting in the back watching. I had to lead them because they are kind of down and somewhat injured. So I have to be a leader, even though I'm a young guy and I'm expected to learn from those. I have to play and learn from them. So it was kind of a, a big deal for me, and me being able to go out and do what I did today was just feels good on my part. And there he is, Andy Yanez from the field. What are your thoughts on what you saw at the game, the crowd, post-game? You got it. Yes, sir. I heard you and Dayon discussing about it. Um, I mean, it was exactly what we said it was supposed to be or what I personally said it was supposed to be a week ago. It was a get-right game. And that's exactly what it was, uh, although yeah, just because it's the University of Houston, they did have to have a bit of, a little bit of a headache <laughs> to begin the game when it came to Sam Houston and how um, they were able to drive down the field and score a touchdown. And that's something that Coach Dana Horvison touched on in his post-game press conference, specifically the, the headache on that drive, the first drive for Sam Houston offensively was how Houston's defense aided them with penalties and quite frankly, some dumb penalties um, like David Ogwebu's uh, roughing the passer call that really aided uh, Sam Houston's drive and being able to, to get a quick boost right off the gates of the first ever touchdown for Sam Houston at the FBS level. And they made it look relatively smooth on that first drive. So in the back of your mind, you know, you have that, uh-oh, and it's supposed to be a get-right game, but give credit to the defense. They were able to put that first drive in the rearview mirror, and, and quite frankly, they dominated uh, for the overwhelming majority of the game, uh, quite frankly, for the remaining 57-ish minutes. 
of that contest, the Sam Houston offense just could not go anywhere. And like you said, Chris, earlier in the show, or it might have been one of the comments, but this was even just watching them warm up, you could tell Sam Houston's players look smaller than Houston's mm-hmm. players, which is a great, great thing because Houston is a, a power five program now, but you haven't necessarily seen that. Certainly that wasn't the case a week ago when Houston played GCU, so it's kind of good to be on the other end of your Houston. And just overall, when it comes to the offense, we just finished playing that clip from Parker Jenkins, which um, we've touched on it a week ago. We touched on it two weeks ago. We touched on it UTSA. Every time Parker Jenkins was in the game, regardless of who the opponent was, it always seemed like good things happen. And I give credit, kudos to one, the coaching staff, kudos to Jenkins for being prepared when, like you heard in the clip, that he, he kind of had an inkling that he was going to be the starter heading into the week just because of the amount of reps he was getting heading into this game against Sam Houston. And Tony Mathis was the one that officially told him that he was going to be the starter. And a great quote that Parker Jenkins had to kind of end um, his press conference on the way out. It was that when he, when Tony Mathis told him he was going to be the starter, it just made him kind of focus more. It, it kind of put some pressure on himself that he want, he now he needed to be a leader. He was the one that's going to be leading the running, back, running backs group because he was going to be counted on to be that starter, which again, hearing him speak you can hear the maturity in his voice he very has a, a strong mindset considering that he's only a freshman you you wouldn't know he's a freshman just by hearing him talking to press camp at the press post-game conference but can't say enough good things about parker jenkins he looked like a power five running back he had rushed for over 100 yards first time ever in his collegiate career he scored his first rushing touchdown his collegiate career and then he scored three more before the half was over um, was breaking tackles. Again, that was uh, some of the bright spots, some of the good things that we had been seeing in the previous weeks before, and they just really grew, and and you got to see it for an entire stretch of the game. Now, hopefully, that's some momentum, specifically when it comes to the Houston running game that has just been really inconsistent over the past three weeks. And going back to last week, it was, it was abysmal last week um, to see that at something good when it comes to the ground game and hopefully it's something that they can build on next week in Lubbock. It's one of the familiar Big 12 opponents that Houston's seen for the past two, three years, past five years, they've seen relatively often. So I think there's going to be that one Big 12 game where you, can, you there's really going to be some kind of uh, closer to a rivalry feel when it comes to just how familiar the two programs are with each other. And now that, like you mentioned, Chris, that Tyler Shook is injured and um, I, I believe it was a report that I saw before heading to, to Dana's press conference that it, he suffered a broken fibula. Or, and it, long story short, he's all likelihood not going to be the quarterback come next week when Houston goes up to Lubbock and plays Texas Tech in the first true road game. So maybe that's something that they can start stacking up some positive momentum, momentum and then they can finally dethrone Texas Tech. Where it, they've been on the verge certainly last season and they just haven't been able to get over the hump. Dion is back with us, and I remember this while you're talking about Lubbock. Next Saturday's game is going to be emotional for Raider fans because I believe they're going to honor Coach Mike Leach and Dana Hogerson being part of the staff and Cliff Kingsbury, I think, will be there putting the ring of honor as well. So that'll add some extra motivation for Texas Tech. Tyler missing potentially being out for the rest of the season. Andy, I don't know. Let me ask you this, because Swan brought it up. Hold on. 
about the penalties. Was Coach Hogerson asked about the penalties in tonight's game, the number of them? He mentioned them, and particularly when it came to that first drive again, he said when the defense went on their first drive and Sam Houston drove down the field and scored a touchdown, he wanted a bomb that he wanted to puke when he saw uh, that performance. Uh, but specifically, he highlighted the three penalties that, that again, like really aided Sam Houston. They really aided Sam Houston in that drive and allowed them to, to score touchdowns. Um, and I think that's something, looking at it from a just unbiased lens, Houston did what they were supposed to. That's the bottom line. It was their get-right game. But there's still some issues that kind of are give you pause for a reason for, for pause and for concern, specifically when it comes to those penalties. Some of them, a lot of them are just dumb penalties. that just cannot happen. They're going to bite you in the butt when it comes to a Big 12 opponent. Not only the roughing the passer, but even the running into the kicker on fourth and three and later in the game on Sam Brown where that – it's going to be a change in possession, and they gave Sam Houston an extra first down. Again, Sam Houston couldn't capitalize that and turn it into, you know, anything that hurt Houston. But against a big twelve opponent, they're going to march down the field and they're going to make you pay, and make you capitalize. And I think the biggest one in this game, and it was in that clip from Dana Holgerson, terrible execution to end the first half on the part of uh, Donovan Smith when it came to that final play. Um, there were seven seconds left in in the first half, and it looked like you know they were going to run one play. Hearing Dana Holgerson speak on it post game, he said that they, that Donovan Smith had one look. He was either going to if it's open, throw it; if it's not, chuck it out. And Donovan Smith didn't do that. He held on to the ball. Time expired, and they didn't even get a chance to get a field goal. Which again, little things that against bigger, better opponents is going to come back and bite them. Uh-huh. A lot, a lot of this is is still a good experience for for Donovan Smith. I think cause he's still relatively young as a starter quarterback and even playing quarterback because um, broadcast teams have mentioned how he hasn't been playing quarterback that long, let alone being a starter. And so he seems to be more comfortable and he's accurate when you give it time. I, and his receivers did a good job of catching the football and, um, today. And so – I mean, it's going to be big for Donovan going back to Texas Tech and get a, a tough crowd who played Oregon really, really well at home. And we see what Oregon just did to Colorado. And so I think it's going to be a tough test, but it's really more about the run game. I think can the running back game be consistent? And I thought we, uh, Parker Jenkins would be the starter. I think it'll still be a running back by committee. A lot of some of those other guys will still get touches because I don't know if he'll be as successful as he was against Sam Houston. I think his explosiveness still sticks out, and he still would be um, good. But can they still be as successful as they was tonight? Is what we have to keep an eye on. Agreed. And the fans, most of the fans believe Parker should be getting a starting role soon, if not continue next Saturday against Texas Tech. Rex32 brings up a good, as we know, asking us how do we think Donovan Smith is going to handle being on the other side against Texas Tech next Saturday. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully, now that him being on the Houston sideline, it, it tends to go bode well the last time when the two programs were on the field in Lubbock. And Donovan Smith's team was on the successful side of things, and they were able to come away with, with a win because of Donovan Smith making the play. Although, again, a fourth and 20 going back, you know, I'm never, I don't think I'm ever going to forget that fourth and 20 from that 2022 season. It very well could have changed the Houston. Uh, season a season ago, but anyways, I digress. You know, and my yeah, 
it very well could be emotional, but I think once he gets into the flow of the game, you know, once he starts playing, I don't think it'll be that much of a distraction, that much of a focal point once the, the game actually starts, you know. You know, yeah. I'm sure Donovan Smith knows that those questions are going to be coming, especially on Tuesday if he's made available to the media. And be on, what, is, what is it like going back to Lubbock? Is it going to be weird, this and that? And I'm sure pregame when he's warming up, it might be a little bit weird. But once, once the game gets going, gets a first throw in, I don't think it would be that much of a, of a big deal for him. Yeah, I agree with you 100%, Andy. I think it's part of the storyline and going into the next game against Texas Tech. He asks questions about it. And like you said, in warm-ups, hearing the fans, I, I think um, it would probably help him be more competitive. I mean, I'm sure he's a highly competitor to help him really get ready for this game and hopefully he could come out and have a good performance. He'll be comfortable in that crowd knowing how loud it is, loud, knowing how loud it can be from experience, but now he'll be on the other side of it. But I think he, he's been well-composed um, throughout the year. I think he'd continue. I, I think he – this is the obvious answer. He'll be as effective as the offensive line allows him to be. Yeah. He's he's comfortable in the pocket. He made some really good throws. The line gave him time to, you know, go to even some check down routes. Thing that he made some real good throws. And he seemed more again, comfortable in the system. Yeah, he mm-hmm. he did that. But again, we're basing it on Sam Houston. Yeah. So let's see what they do against Texas Tech, another Big Twelve opponent. So we're, we're giving we're giving compliments to him in the line, and knocking down Sam Houston. Because it's Sam Houston, <laughs> but we got to see what they do against Texas Tech next Saturday. I was just say, although to Sam Houston's credit, they really uh, they get BYU problems week one, and BYU's been able to which put is, up some points. You're to, correct, which is interesting. interesting. <laughs> so yeah, matchups to see the week one beat. Yeah, week by week, but also that was week one, first game of the year. You know, some mm-hmm. teams take a take a, a quarter or a half or two, a couple games to get that your identity, your flow going, a rhythm. And Sam Houston, they might have been as health, healthy then, healthier then than they are now. Because as this game progressed, they were getting more and more banged up and guys dropping life flies. And, and they, yes. for sure, don't have the depth of talent like Houston and, and you know, bigger programs do definitely. Agreed. But, but, but yeah, even when it comes to Houston, that offensive line, Chris, just to add on to your point, that is most definitely a cause for concern. Because even in this game, we saw a couple of different linemen go in and out, specifically when it comes to Ruben, um, not necessarily sure what, whether it was an illness. I'm sure, I don't know if you guys have seen the video that circulated on social media when he was around 50-yard line and he just literally puked. He vomited all over the field. And then he went, he did one, still played his down. And then after that down is when he went on the floor and they had to take him out of the game. So I'm not sure if he was just dealing with an illness, um, anything it's more serious when it comes to injury or any other causes for that. But again, at a position or offensive line that has been oh, at times inconsistent um, when it comes to different blocking, that's not something that um, is going to benefit the program, the offense, specifically in the long run, as they just shut down the life here on the field. And I'll say this, it, it potentially does not bode well for offensive linemen, for Houston's offensive linemen, to pick up holding penalties against Sam Houston defensive players. I mean, okay. I, I, I get. <laughs> you know what? You know what I'm going no, with no, it. No, no, no. I, I go. I get where you're going with it. 
But we still can't undermine the talent and some of the athletic ability of some of those players on Sam Houston. I get where you're going, though. I get what you're saying. I, I understand it. But we still can't undermine some of those players and their athletic ability to be able to cause some of those that want in, in football because they still own this level of talent. And they can one-on-one matchup, you can cause a hundred penalty. That's just getting beat. You know what I'm saying? Certain, certain advantage. I get what you're saying, though. It, no, it's fair. We'll We'll see. Next Saturday against Texas Tech. Yeah. This question here, I'm not sure about this. Y'all help me out. Has Dana needed a Big 12 team since he arrived at Houston? Has he? Not yet. I don't think so. I don't think so. Not because yet. He lost to he lost to Texas Tech twice. He lost to Kansas. He lost to TCU. He's lost to um uh, are those all the big 12 programs that they played under? In 2019, he lost to Oklahoma. Lost to Oklahoma. He's lost to... I think that's all of them that he's been in Houston. And again, it's just Power 5 programs, period. He's really struggled. Uh, yeah, he's 1-12 against the Power 5. So I don't believe he's got a win over a, a, a big 12 team. Yeah. No, not with Houston. He has not, our audience, our intelligent audience, he hasn't. And 0 and 11, Big 12, yeah. All right, I have not seen the line. Just gut. What do you think is going to happen next Saturday? Any given Saturday, I, I think. I think it'll be a competitive game. I just think I, my my I'll be watching the offense. I think Houston defense has been opportunistic throughout this entire season. They've given us some yards, but they'll call, they'll create a turnover. They'll get a sack. They'll cause a a, 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 a fumble or a, a punt to get the ball back in the offense hand. So I'm really going to be seeing can the offense move the ball and sustain drives and finish with touchdowns. I mean, you can get in the red zone and stall out or get a field goal, but can they finish with touchdowns and can they be consistent? That's what I'm going to be watching. I think they put some things together from Sam Houston, but against Texas Tech, more talent on the road. That's what I'm gonna be looking for. Can can they do that? Yeah, agreed 100. percent Sorry, Chris, I didn't mean to cut you off. Just when it comes to the offense against TCU, they they were able to move the ball a little bit in between the 20s, but once they got into the red zone, they were not able to capitalize. Period. And again, they. Against TCU, they only managed to score two field goals. Right. That's all the offense they, they put up. And they were aided by turnovers that the defense had forced early on in the first half. A lone touchdown obviously came on the kickoff return by, by Golden. So the offense it struggled against UTSA, was non-existent for the first half against Rice, and then they turned on the Jets against in that second half against Rice, not enough to win. And then it was non-existent against TCU. Can they do it against a Power 5 program? That's the question. And then it starts with the offensive line, and it starts with the consistency from, from Donovan Smith, and specifically when it comes to the playmakers, hopefully when it comes to Matt Golden, who's one of those uh, big playmakers that Houston uh, is going to rely on. They were expected to rely on him heading into the season. Uh, with the strong performance he put against San Houston, I catch it for 92 yards and the, and the touchdown that he had. He can build them, and 
No, they can have at least with the two, three-headed monster when it comes to Sam Brown, Matt Golden, Joseph Manjack, and then now you do have weapons. Now they're starting to have some weapons when it comes to Parker Jenkins, and maybe Tony Mathis is healthy and ready to go for next week. Maybe Stacy Sneed makes a play here and there. Maybe Brandon Campbell makes a play here and there. They have weapons. It all comes down to execution, in my opinion. Yeah, I just, I, I just wanted to thank the secondary sponsors. Star Pizza with multiple locations across the Houston area. Star Pizza is your go-to shop before or after the game. And, of course, by SACAV.com, your one-stop shop for officially licensed SACAV merchandise. And that is an NIL. That is an NIL sanctioned. So officially licensed merchandise. That's why it's officially licensed merchandise because it is an NIL deal with the defensive lineman on SACAV. And Juan Trejo says Dana's lone P5 win was in the Birmingham Bowl against Auburn. Auburn yeah. was six and six in that one. Boy, that says a lot right there about Dana. Anyway, <laughs> he really he really celebrated that one. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'll leave that alone because I'm not gonna. Not go to take credit. Yeah, not to take credit. Uh, Ti says Uh will still find a way to lose against Tech. Wow. Yeah, I gotta believe it. I gotta I gotta believe it to see it. I gotta. As I'm going for Houston, but optimistically, I gotta see them be able to execute a full four quarter game, coaching wise, player wise, as an entire program against a power five team to be able to say that they're gonna do it. I think they and have the talent and all of that. You know, that's that's where the program is right now. Fans are in a wait and see mode. Waiting to see, waiting to see Houston prove it against a Big 12 team, win a game on the road in a hostile environment in the Big 12. Because it hasn't been done yet. The questions are still there. All of us have doubts. Fans giving the comments has doubts. We have doubts. You know, we're media credential to cover the team. We have doubts. But Matt, Matt Golden had a good night. 11 different Cougs caught passes tonight, so they spread mm-hmm. it around. In orbiter says, we always be losing tech <laughs> backup QBs. That is true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> T.I. says, I'm sorry. Well, I'm, don't be sorry. But Houston's still plagued with the same issues that got him. Yeah, well, hey. And he said, T.I. says, I've been in wait and see mode since Hogos year one. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's not alone in that. I think, I mean, I think Donovan Mitchell, I think he really looked more comfortable. Just the decisions that he was making, how Donovan, quickly. Donovan Smith. <laughs> Donovan, Donovan, Smith. <laughs> Donovan yeah. Smith. Donovan Smith, I'm sorry. Uh, with the, how quick and decisive he was making this decision with his check downs and just his accuracy. I think if he can take what he did today and probably what he's been building on throughout the entire practice, offseason, all that, this could be the coming out game for him. I mean, because he hasn't really put the ball in harm's way and just turning over. It's just about sustaining drives, getting those first downs, making the throws receivers, catching the ball. And so, I mean, like I said, it's, I want to see can they do it for a full four quarters, not just him, but the entire offense, all line, D-line, coaching staff, everybody. And that's the key. That is still the uncertainty with this team. At 2-2, two and two, game five next Saturday on the road against Texas Tech. All right. Let's Raiders are going to have a, a backup quarterback against yeah. the Cougs next Saturday. If mm-hmm. the Cougs, just put it like that, put it out there for everybody, Andy down as well. If the Cougs play their A game, 
if the Raiders, the Raiders play their A game, who wins? If both teams play their A game? Yes, if both teams play their A game, who wins? I have to go Texas Tech. And why is that? Both teams, because Texas Tech, top to bottom, even if you want to, you know, going back to what you said last week, Chris, you feel that if it's you know, any coach against Dana Homerson, you're going to take any coach. <laughs> Anybody, yep. But I just feel like Texas Tech, top to bottom, they're more of a complete roster. They're more, they, their ceiling is higher. When it comes to depth, when it comes to across the board, if they both play their A game, now with them being a back, having a backup quarterback, I'm not sure how they'll be able to hit that ceiling against Houston. Now uh, he's he's played before, so it's not like he hasn't played. Yeah, sophomore sophomore yeah. quarterback. He went 13 to 37 today with a touchdown, no interception. If they both teams play their best with this quarterback. I will, I'm gonna go with Houston, honestly. I can't definitively say that they're a better team top to bottom. I think they did have a good recruiting class, but Houston did as well. And Houston has talent. I don't look at Houston and be like, oh, they don't have the talent because they could have beat TCU. They could. It's not when I watch them. So I don't. I can't, in my opinion, from what I've observed, that I, I don't know if, if Texas Tech is, um, has a better one. I, but I will say at home, they played Oregon really, really, really tough. And so if they can play that type of game like they did against Houston, then I can see them winning Houston. But I think if Houston plays its best game and they execute and defense comes out and they're able to get pressure on that quarterback with their front four without having a blitz and their offense can get some touchdowns and not fall behind and be um, balanced with the running and the passing, then I think that Houston really has a shot because they have talent on the outside, in the backfield, on all levels. Well, I'm picking Texas Tech in a case of if both teams play their A game. And really, two two reasons. One, it's in Lubbock. You should go with the home team. And I got to be consistent. I'm picking the better coach. <laughs> so that's what I'm going to do with that. But mainly because it's a home game, home game for Texas Tech, I'm going to pick them. It's going to be interesting to see. A lot of storylines in it. Dana coming home. Donovan Smith coming home. The coach Leach honor, honoring him. Or, or and Cliff, I think, as well. The fans are going to be excited, hyped up, back a quarterback. All these different factors lean one way or the other. We'll see. But because it's a, in Lubbock, that's going to be my, my deciding factor to pick Texas Tech, I think the game will be close. Agreed. And if I, you know, pick a score, maybe Tech wins by six or seven. I think who, 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 if, Houston, if Houston can win the turnover battle, cost some turnovers with that young quarterback, maybe get a pick, strip sack, fumble, something. I can see them. I think it should be a close, especially. I think it's it's gonna be a close game. I, I agree with both of you guys. It'll be a close one. I think it's gonna come down to the offense. Can the offense move the ball? Can the offense and can they score touchdowns on the scoreboard? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, because for the most part, what we've seen in all four games from the defense, the defense can give you at minimum two strong quarters, and they did it against TCU. So they can, they've shown that they can compete against Big Twelve competition, and I think Texas Tech 
Uh, I think TCU seeding is a lot higher than Texas Tech. So I think the defense. This they Texas might have Tech team lost there. to Wyoming. Agre- agreed. I think Texas, the defense is going to, you know, cause some havoc for the Texas Tech offense. They might have a drive, a couple of drives here and there where Tech is able to move the ball and they ultimately end up scoring. But if Houston can put up points, I think the defense can do more than enough to win the game or to at least give the offense a chance to win the game. It's going to come down to offensive execution and down, like you said, I agree 100%. Scoring touchdowns on the boards and not settling for 50-yard field goals that that are just ruining the kicker's stats for the season. Yeah, you know, Ti says this, and we all know the history of UH losing to Texas Tech for a, a while now. This that this the statement is true for everybody. It's going to come to, come down to who takes advantage of field position, turnovers, and short yardage conversions. And Dayon keeps hitting on it, hammers it home. The Cougs need to, when they get in the red zone, score touchdowns instead of field goals. Mm-hmm. They do that, then obviously they improve their chance to win a game. The same could be said for Texas Tech. That's it's going to come. Football is simple. Don't turn it over. You typically you win the turnover battle. Don't pick, have dumb penalties. You get touchdowns instead of field goals. You win. And we'll see who does that next Saturday. 2.30 kickoff, and I guess we'll announce, we'll find out the network Monday or Tuesday, but the Cougs in Lubbock and try to improve to 3-2 and two and 1-1 one and one in Big 12 play. Real quickly, Chris, before we kind of wrap up and, and close things out, I'm not sure if you guys have talked about Uli Ali, but what, what did you guys see from him? We finally saw a different quarterback in, in, in that second half. He had one play that it was sort of a trick play, you could call it. They Donovan Smith pitching back to Ali. He aired it out, and from our vantage point in the press box, it looked like he threw it into double coverage. But head coach Dana Holgerson post game said that the throw was good. It was the safety that just made a heck of a play. And then, of course, his second throw of the game, once he, he officially took over as a quarterback, when Houston was leading by 20-plus points. Quick slant to Stacey Sneed, who took it the length of the field and ended up scoring a 50-yard touchdown for very limited sample size, but it's very clear that they're really high on Ali. Well, the coaches, you know, before the season started, were high on him and his potential. He's got a, a strong arm, but... Oh, you showcased it. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I think Donovan Smith is the quarterback Dana feels more comfortable with, but if if Uwe continues to improve, I'd be okay with him get, getting in games like tonight. Fourth quarter, improve, get some confidence, but not ready for him to be a starter this season. Agreed. Oh, <laughs> you know, definitely. Like that. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, I think he he showed some things. Quick release, strong arm, has some athletic ability to move around a little bit. So I think, I think he showed some flashes of a little bit what he can do. Um, to, left-handed quarterback so it's a different release but uh he has some talent and answered this right here houston that's he's picking and choosing what i said about winning turnover battle also the Cougs did nothing with those turnovers they got them and did nothing with them against tcu and led to two so yeah touchdown instead of field goals (laughs) that's also what we've said in tonight's show 
yeah, hey, it's good to get an interception. But if you do nothing with it, okay, you got an interception. So what? You got to get touchdowns off those turnovers. That's part of being a good team and successful team and winning on the road and having a chance to beat good teams. Not just, hey, we got a fumble recovery. Did you score a touchdown? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know? And with that, yeah. Deion said he's out. No, I hope he'll come back in a second because Deion's conclusion is part of what makes Les Rage Cougs special. Mm-hmm. But Andy, how many uh, media colleagues were at the game? Me, Ryan, Joseph, Chris Baldwin, two from the Daily Cougar, not counting photographers. And then there was one individual, I believe, I'm not sure, I'm pretty sure he works for Dave Campbell. I don't know him personally, I don't know his, I can't call him by his name. And then another individual who I have no idea who the outlet is or I've seen him before. So I would max nine, but I think it's about eight. Eight individuals, no one on the San Houston sideline. Really? Yes, sir. At least hmm. from that to that, but that vantage point it was pretty uh empty when it looks to the visiting side media. That's surprised. Not like it's a it's a long trip. <laughs> but okay. well, San Houston didn't even bring its band, which was uh, surprising. I don't. Well, maybe they don't have band, but they if they do, they didn't bring them to the game. That's also surprising. Oh, right. Well, maybe they get ready for conference play that starts next week, like in the middle of the week, as part of Conference USA's new uh, TV deal, having games on during the week. So good luck to them. That program has a long way to go to compete and be successful on the FBS level. But that is not the concern of the Houston Cougars. The Cougs won tonight, 38-7. Donovan Smith, 31 for 40. 294 passing yards, one passing TD. Uyale, one for two, 50-yard passing. Had the touchdown slant pass, Stacey Sneed. Freshman Parker Jenkins, 20 carries, 105. Three rushing touchdowns. Matthew Golden, nine catches, 92 yards, one touchdown. And Sneed with three catches, 65 yards total receiving in that one touchdown where he showed off that Andy Yanez blazing speed as he took off and left ah. the defenders in the, in the dust. <laughs> uh, never known for my speed, Chris. Never known for my speed. Do you have good hands, though? Can, could you catch the football off, toss it away? Depending on the day. I, yeah, when I, see, when I never played football, but I would always – 2016 when I was in high school, the big – popular thing was the Odell Beckham catch. So what, what do you think all the kids were trying to do? Yeah, trying to do one-handed catch. Yeah. Trying to do the one-handed Odell catch. My, my hands were decent. Depending, there'd be some days where I, they, I guess they'd just be bricks. So it was very inconsistent. <laughs> so if you ask, if you ask Calvin, Calvin Sampson, no, I cannot catch a, a football because I was too inconsistent on the given day. All right, let's wrap it up. I'll go first, then, then, then Andy, and then Dan will close us out as is customary. I'm Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Ball Review. Visit the website, HoustonRoundBallReview.com. Follow me on social media, IG threads, and TikTok at Houston Round Bar Review. Been doing it since 1994. Houston Round Bar Review, local name, global perspective. Andy? 
first, I'd like to thank everybody that took the time to watch our show today. Of course, you can never say thank you enough to all of you guys that make Lethbridge Kids the original Houston men's basketball and football post-game show. I like that new tagline, the original Houston post-game for football, Houston football and men's basketball post-game show. And of course, we'd like to say thank you to our sponsors, beginning with today's primary sponsor, and they're going to be the primary sponsor for the remainder of the football regular season. So this has been Lethbridge Cruise presented by Lathering Law Firm. Dan Lathering founded the Lathering Law Firm to provide legal representation to individuals who have been injured in or arrested in the greater Houston area. Dan Lathering understands that sometimes bad things happen to good people. Worse, a lot of times false allegations are made every day. With offices in Houston and Sugarland, Dan is equipped to handle your legal needs in Harris County and surrounding counties as well, including Fort Bend County, here in the greater Houston area. If you have been injured or find yourself in other legal trouble, call the Lathering Law Firm at 281-720-8551 or visit Dan online at www.lazeringlawfirm.com for a consultation. Of course, we always want to say thank you to our secondary sponsors for today's episode of Lethbridge Cruise, beginning with Star Pizza. We've been our rock since we launched Lethbridge Cruise going back to last season. So in multiple locations across the Houston area, Star Pizza is your go-to spot for pizza before or after the game. Make sure you stop at any of the locations across the Houston area. Star Pizza, once again, your go-to pizza spot before and after the game. And we also like to say thank you to SACAP.com, the NIL partnership with the defensive linemen on the Houston Cougars football team. For officially licensed SACAP merch, go to SACAP.com. And uh, my name is Andy Arnaz. You guys can find me on Twitter, slash formerly known as Twitter, now known as X, at Ayanez underscore five. And I'll tell we'll toss it over to Dayon for the last word. Shout out to all the lost sponsors. Thank you guys for believing, uh, believing in us. All our supporters appreciate you guys. And follow me on all social media at Dayon Dunlap. Of course, baby, go Cougs. <laughs>